Welcome to episode 35 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. Hey, this week's guest is one of my longtime uh, idols, uh, Jack Brower. I've been a fan of his work for a very long time. Um, you know, we have very similar uh, interests in terms of mountain climbing and, and here in Colorado taking pictures of some of the most amazing mountains and scenes here in southwest Colorado especially. So it's... um. Yeah, he's been an inspiration for a long time. Um, I also encourage people to check out Jack's um, website services. If you're looking to build a website for your for your landscape photography to sell prints or whatever, um, Jack has an incredible service called Wide Range Galleries. Uh, there's a link in the liner notes. Um, check it out and tell him that uh, you heard about it on the podcast. Um, just a reminder, uh, please check out uh, the Patreon page for the podcast. Um, haven't had a, any new subscriptions for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I, you know, I've been uploading a lot of bonus material and content, and I just sent out the first batch of uh, stickers for patrons, and really appreciate all the support um, everyone's providing. But uh, definitely would appreciate more. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to me on social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Matt Payne Photo, Matt Payne Photography. And uh, don't forget to leave a review on the, about the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and have a great holiday. So cool to have you on the podcast, Jack Brower. Oh, thanks, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm sh- well. You probably realize this because I always tell you every time I see one of your photos. But <laughs> you, your <laughs> your photography has been a, a huge inspiration uh, for me in particular. Uh, just you know, we we tend to shoot similar subjects, being that we're both mountain climbers in Colorado, and mm-hmm. uh, I just have always loved your work. So thanks for for your amazing photography (laughs) (laughs) well thanks i appreciate it yeah uh yeah you sound like me like every time someone's like oh i love your photos it's like yeah it's cool man (laughs) 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 it's like it's funny how we like don't want to talk about ourselves (laughs) yeah i don't know i it's yeah thanks for the flattery (laughs) (laughs) yeah no worries man um well and it's funny too because um i think like David Thompson said, man, you got to get Jack Brower on for sure. I know Kane said, Kane oh, said that, that. Yeah. like mm-hmm. lots of people are like, get Jack Brower. I'm like, yeah, I will. Like he's one of the first people I thought of for sure. So oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks oh, for uh, Eric, Eric Stenslin was like, yeah. So yeah, for sure, did, man. I, did I've you been have really, him really excited. Have you had him no, on? No. Oh, you should. Yeah. But, uh, uh, he and I had coffee about a month ago. Um, he was in Durango just oh. randomly. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was really fun talking to him. I should have brought my microphone and made him record one, but yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. I saw, well, him, I saw him about a month ago too, or maybe a couple months ago. We, we hung out, I saw his gallery and then we had lunch and yeah, he's a, he's a fun guy to hang out with. Oh yeah. What a, he's such a cool dude. Like mm-hmm. so fun to talk to him. Yeah. Um, 
well, this isn't about him. So uh, it's about <laughs> you. And, uh, um, you know, I thought it would be cool maybe for you to just, um, for people that haven't heard of you before, which I think is unlikely, but, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and uh, kind of how how you got into this journey as a landscape photographer. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I live in Crested Butte, Colorado right now. And um, let's see, I got into it when I was in college. I was a printmaking major. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it, uh, which is completely useless as a major. But, um, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it wasn't like photo prints. It was more like etchings and metal plates and huh. uh, it's called intaglio. Um, and so I started to use, take pictures of uh, textures to use to transfer over to the metal plates for like background textures in my prints. And then uh, I was backpacking a lot too at that time. So I just, of course, took the camera with me backpacking and it kind of was a, you know, just a fun thing. And I felt like, Oh, I should keep doing this. And then it just kind of, um, I, you know, at first you, you, I think probably like most people, I would just shoot photos all day long and then, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then after a while I kind of like started getting more into the, into the light and, you know, trying to shoot at the better times of day and stuff. But yeah, um, I remember when I first got into it, um, a particular trip, I'm reminded of constantly is um, I, I backpacked up to um, Snowmass Lake with the mm -hmm. intention of climbing Snowmass. Mm -hmm. I, I remember my, my poor hiking partner, like every five minutes I would stop and take a photo of something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm much more intentional, you know, I'm more about the light and yeah, but man, I used to be like, I'd come home with like 2,500 photos. So <laughs> Yeah, well, it's good for practicing composition, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a lot of really bad compositions in my Lightroom library <laughs> <laughs> from those years. Yeah, that's funny. So you lived in um, Ure for a long time, didn't you? I did, yeah. Before we moved here, um, I was in Ure for about 10 years. So. Wow. Yep. That's a cool town. I know. Yeah, I miss it. So. Yeah. We we actually uh, eventually we're probably going to move back to Ridgeway, so um, but uh, in the meantime I'm I enjoy it here in Crested Butte as well. Yeah. So um, so what did your progression look like from being just a backpacker, casual photographer um, to full on badass mountain <laughs> photographer? Yeah, uh, it was very gradual. I have to say, like, I, you know, I just got more and kind of gradually more and more serious about the photos. And, um, and yeah, it, it's been this, this perfectly gradual shift of, of first time backpacking and just bringing the camera along to, you know, kind of planning trips based around possible photos. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of been like a, 15 year gradual progression, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of the same way. I'm, 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 I'm still climbing mountains, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, as you get older, it's like that becomes less and less fun because you're like, yeah. you know, it's just more painful. And, and yeah. like the more you get into photography, it's, it's like, Oh, do I want to get to the top or do I want to like 
be at the right place at the right time for the light. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, or like, um, instead of climbing the big peak, you climb the peak next to it to, yeah, know, the 12 er <laughs> to get the view of the good peak. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something different too. Yeah. Like, um, well, almost no one listening will get this reference, but, um, I've been wanting to climb, uh, uh, peak, peak three, um, uh-huh. uh, to, and like camp on top of peak three so that I could get like sunrise, uh, uh, Vestal and Arrow, but it's, it, yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been up, I think I've, if I know what I'm, what you're talking about, I think I've been up there for sunrise a couple of times. Ah, uh, you're, you're a dirty bastard. <laughs> it's the one kind of right opposite of Vessel and Arrow, right? Yeah, just across the valley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that's I think pretty unique about you, I mean your your website is even called Mountain Photography, you know, uh mountainphotography.com. So mm-hmm. how is it that you came to to be such a specialist? I mean, I know you do mm-hmm. more than that, but obviously mm-hmm. there's something about the mountains that calls to you or speaks to you or has a yeah. special place for you. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I got, you know, I've, I've been snowboarding for a long time and that's was my first major passion. And, um, and then backpacking kind of came next. And, uh, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. I just, I love the mountains so much. And, uh, you know, I, I also love traveling around in the Canyon areas as well but yeah um but to me as far as photography goes i think the mountains is really where where the, my passion is at for yeah at for photography yeah no me too <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say my absolute favorite moments of through photography have always been in the pursuit of of mountains or in the mountains or mm-hmm. but it's yeah. also um, you, you talk about this on your website a little bit, but it's it's funny, like the combination of the two, mountain climbing or being obsessed with mountains and landscape photography, it, it, it pushes you to be in places that you probably normally wouldn't uh, put yourself into just because you're wanting to be in a certain place in the right conditions. Yeah, that's right. And you know, my wife is, uh, she likes to, um, she goes with me on all my backpacking trips and, and, um, you know, she kind of hates getting up early. Like everyone does, (laughs) you know, if I'm going to go shoot sunrise, go have to hike for sunrise somewhere. Um, but she goes with me anyways. And, and it's, it's just the kind of thing, like it's, even if you're not a photographer, it's totally worth it to, to go somewhere awesome for a sunrise or a sunset. And, I think just out of laziness, people would rather just sleep in whatever. But when you're up there and you and you witness those scenes, it's like, oh, this is so cool, and definitely worth it. So regardless yeah, of the man. photos, just to see it, it's it's indescribable. I would say. I mean, it's like especially if you get some clouds in there, and like it it's it blows your mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially it's funny because. Um, like when I look at your photos, you know, uh, I'm like, oh, he took that at this spot. Like I, I'm pretty good at picking out because I'm so obsessed uh-huh. with the Colorado, Colorado mountains. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that was my first obsession. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like, I don't think uh, photos 
do it justice in terms of people having an appreciation of what it takes to get to some of those locations at that time of day to get some of those photos. Yeah, I would agree, but um, some people do appreciate that as well. So, oh. yeah, I, <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> yeah, it. You know, I don't think that the photos should be. You know, like when people are like, "Oh, I had to hike twenty miles to get here." You know, that's kind of irrelevant. But, um, but yeah, a lot of those photos do take a hell of a lot of effort. That's for sure. Well, I don't know if it's real irrelevant or not um in my opinion like and maybe i'm just weird but mm-hmm. um like i have this article that i wrote several years ago and you were like i think you're the one or the like second or third person i put on my article about mm-hmm. best uh landscape photographers in colorado oh yeah and I know what you're talking the about, criteri- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and the criteria that i used was like I applied like a subjective difficulty in terms of like how difficult it is to accomplish the photos that you've achieved, Mm -hmm. you know, versus like just driving up a country road and getting out and taking a picture Mm -hmm. versus like, yeah, yeah. backpacking in and planning and hiking, you know, 6,000 vertical feet. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to me, like usually photos can't really tell you that, but Mm -hmm. Um, to me, like that's, it's just like an extra layer of awesomeness. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I agree too. I mean, and the, the experience does matter and a lot, but, uh, the photo should, even if you're in the middle of nowhere, you should, the photo should still be, uh, well done (laughs) and not just cause you got there and like, now it's awesome just cause it's remote or something like that. Right. Well, I have lots of uh, photos that are in remote places that, that are terrible. So I totally know what you <laughs> mean. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, um, one of your, uh, like your other kind of life is um, you build websites for people. And I know mm-hmm. that, uh, is it wide range galleries? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, and like, I know you've done like Mark Adamus's website mm-hmm. and, I know like lots of people I've had on the podcast, you've done their website. So mm-hmm. how did you, how did you get into that business? Yeah, that was, um, uh, towards the end of my time in college, I went to school in, um, Boulder, uh, CU Boulder. Yeah. And, um, by my last year, I'm kind of like realizing that as much as I like printmaking, it's going to do nothing for me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I started to get into web design at that point. Um, and I was learning, just learning it on my own. Um, and, and basically my last year of college was almost a distraction from learning on my own <laughs> web design, which is <laughs> kind of strange. But, um, and then over the next few years, I just kept, uh, I was building, built my own photo gallery site. And that's how I trained was to just keep improving my own site. And, um, and for years and years, I just kept in my spare time, just kept training on my own. And, and, uh, I'm a pretty good book learner. So I just have like stacks of these programming books and stuff. And, um, so that's kind of all developed, uh, side by side with the photography because it, they kind of grew at the same rate because I would, um, 
was just putting my photos out there while I'm learning web design. And um, eventually I, you know, I kind of made this control panel where I could control all my photos and prints and all that. And um, it got to the point where I sort of realized, you know, I could, uh, people could use this, you know, I built this whole thing up. And um, so I started, uh, um, yeah, building more websites for, uh, cause I was doing freelancing with some other companies. And then um, I started to get more and more uh, photographer clients and then kind of evolved into this whole um, software where I'm, where I uh, only build websites for photographers. Wow. So is that, pretty much your your full full-time kind of income is through the web design stuff and then I'm sure you make some money selling prints and stuff too well but. actually no it's um it's actually less than half so I most most of my yeah oh, wow. most of the income is through the photography and then the, wow and then, yeah so crazy it's it's kind of a it's gotten to a, a, to the point where I kind of um I keep the summers free for my photography and, and then just go nuts all summer long with these trips. <laughs> and then, uh, and then in the winter months, I, I kind of hunger down and focus on the, um, on the programming and whatnot. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I, that's crazy. I, I would have, ex- didn't expect that. So that's, I mean, that's good to know. Like people can still make money selling prints. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Hmm. Yep, that's. I mean, just because I can't doesn't mean other people can't. <laughs> no, yeah, you you definitely can. Yeah, I think, and you know, I you know, call me biased, but I I do think having a good website is a, is a huge part of that because people, I think a lot of it is um, uh, impulse buying. So people see a photo they want, and if you and if you have the options to buy a print right there, then uh, I think that's how yeah. it needs to be because. Uh, if people have to contact like you Amazon. and then it could be days before they submit an order. And by then maybe they, they realize like, uh, they don't want to, I don't have that yeah, kind of money. <laughs> maybe they realize they could spend that money better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I mean, I've been complaining about that with my current vendor. Like everyone who uses my vendor is complaining because they totally changed. It's Zenfolio. Mm-hmm. And they totally changed the way the shopping experience works. And it's a, it sucks. Yeah, I heard about that. That's like odd. Nobody yeah. likes it. <laughs> you think they would ask some people first? <laughs> well, they even like piloted it for like a year mm-hmm. and everyone was like, don't do it. It sucks. And they just did it anyway. It was the hmm. weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I get talk about that but it's probably boring for most people so they want to know about how lame Zenfolio is um well it's funny because you know they have like a referral code like where you can get like twenty dollars or something if you get refer Mm -hmm. somebody and like i won't refer anyone to them anymore it's like "Mm, i don't recommend it Mm. yeah (laughs) it's too much i don't know i i I don't, no comment. I've never used them, so I, I can't really say. Sure. Well, I'm sure your system is a hundred times better. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so another topic I wanted to talk to you about as a fellow uh, backpacker, mountaineer, and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. is, um, I'm sure you heard in the you know the recent news about 
Bears ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. Yep, of course. <laughs> I'm, of course. Um, although I did talk to someone over the weekend who was a photographer who hadn't even heard of that, which was odd mm-hmm. to me. But um, I'm curious, like, in, as a landscape photographer, where do you, where do you stand in terms of um, of of those of that topic in terms of uh, conserving those areas um as they are for future generations yeah well of course i you know i i'd say we definitely have to do that uh you know trump uh you know he he cut that area by what like 80 percent or something and he never he's never even been there so right it's kind of uh it's frustrating i think people one thing, you know, uh, my wife's from Germany and we've spent quite some time in Europe and um, as beautiful as it is out there, one thing you realize is that is that they don't have wild pla- wild spaces. Uh, and hmm. I think a lot of Americans take for granted these vast, wide open um, natural areas that we have in the West. And... Um, and it's really qu- quite unique to to America, uh, and people just don't realize don't realize what what we have and how valuable that is. So so yeah, it's it's incredibly frustrating. <laughs> uh, you know, when you go out in in Utah and you you go somewhere and you look, and you're hanging out and you're looking to the horizon, like a hundred miles every direction, and you can think there's a good chance that there's not a single person in that entire space. And there's something about that. That's, I think that's like really valuable and we need to protect, um, places like that before it's gone. Because once it's, once it's gone, once you have roads and, and, you know, drills and lights and you know, you, you can't really get that back. So, um, yeah, um, when I, it's funny cause you know, people have been indoctrinated one way or the other on that topic, uh, specific to, um, the national monuments. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's funny cause people, you know, they're like, well, it belongs to Utah and they should be able to do what they want with mm-hmm. it. And I don't think people realize that it's actually like one of the reasons, one of the th- conditions of becoming a state mm-hmm. because of their Mormon history mm-hmm. uh, was that in their constitution, they actually had to put in there that a certain percentage of land would be federally mm-hmm. managed. Um, I don't think people realize that. Yeah. Um, I might've gotten part of that detail wrong, but I think the basic premise of what I just said is yeah. true. Um, and then, and then what I found interesting, I think it was, um, Eric Bennett or David King, um, I can't remember who, but it, they posted something on Facebook where they showed like an overlap of the maps uh-huh. um, of of the the areas that were that are being unprotected, and those maps almost completely line up with um, proposed um, oil and mineral uh, lease sites that that, your, that <laughs> companies yeah, are are wanting to obtain. Yeah, uranium. Um, yeah, I mean, of coal. course, right? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't want to get. I mean, it has nothing to do with Utah. It has everything to do with these rich yeah. corporations 
wanting the land to exploit it for what mm-hmm. they sell to us. You know, the other way, the other way I think about this is that if, if uh, people in Utah bitch about that, there's so much federal land. Well, the other way of looking at it is Utah is like, is an incredibly beautiful state, right? Especially, especially Southern yeah. Utah with all, all the Canyon lands. And so sure they might have, these monuments are huge, right? Bears Ears is huge, but they have a huge amount of amazing land. And it's, it, you know, the whole country, it's, it's, if it's federal land, it's all our land. Like it's all public land for the whole country. Right. And so Utah could be, people in Utah could be angry about that, or they could just appreciate the fact that their state is full of this incredibly beautiful land. (laughs) Like much more exactly. than like most other states, so it's kind of comes with the territory, I think. Yeah, well, and I think um, you know, I think s- some people on the other side of this argument have a point to make um, that I think is incredibly valid, in that um, the national monument designation is perhaps not a good way of preserving the land. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, they, you know, they, they might want to pave a road to create a visitor center mm-hmm. and, and then they, they only let you on there during certain hours. So like part of me is like the BLM is probably better than national monument mm-hmm. as long as it's, or let's just take it full on wilderness, yeah. you know? Well, wilderness but, is, is my favorite uh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, as a lot of people love the national parks and they're great, but they're, it's a different purpose. You know, it's national parks are meant for flowing tons of people through there uh, while keeping people kind of out of the backcountry at the same time. So, mm-hmm. and I kind of, yeah. I like the concept of wilderness where it's just, it is what it is, you know, it's protected, it's pristine and then just kind of go for it. <laughs> yeah. There, there might be a trail. There might not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. And I, I mean, there's some of those areas definitely deserve to be wilderness designation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Bistai. It's I have, in New Mexico, no. but it's, it's a wilderness area too. And I love that because like, there's not trails, not really. And there's not, there's not a ton of people there either because in order to see most of the cool stuff, you have to hike at least a mile or two mm-hmm. to get there. And it's, I don't know. And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, um, I, I definitely want to check that out. But even, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. It's like walk. It's like, it's like being on Mars <laughs> yeah. or something. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. weird place. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that whole national monument stuff, it, I'm just, I'm blown away that, um, Cause I've actually gotten comments on the, on the podcast about this topic where people are like, stop talking about conservation. Like, let's just talk about photography. Oh, really? And yeah. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. I'm like, hold on a second. Well, it's, I don't no, understand. It's an integral uh, thing that we that as photographers need to consider because our photos do have an impact on, on the places we, that we're trying to celebrate. So uh, it's something we seriously have to think about, you know, and um, I know you've talked with people in past podcasts about whether or not you 
should tell where your photos are and and uh, because of these concerns and in that it is a legitimate concern and you know when you the the monument bears ears is a perfect example of of um, why I think uh, it isn't our our photography can um, encourage people to go to these places right and that's a double-edged sword because because if, right. on one hand, if you're telling people where certain pristine areas are, more people will go there and they, they'll trample the, the grass or whatever. And, and then, but on the other hand, what's that compared to, uh, you know, uranium mining coming in or, or, or drilling, right. building roads all over the place. So it's, it's kind of, uh, when you think about it, that way then it's kind of like well who cares if there's a few more footprints um so yeah it's kind of a matter well it's definitely the lesser of two yeah exactly yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um well and um i'm always reminded of a conversation i had early on in my podcast with um with paul Mm -hmm. ziska um where you know he said you know this these taking people to these places is actually an opportunity to get them to appreciate these places, maybe for the first Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's part of the problem is a lot of the people, I mean, people on the East coast, especially like most of them haven't even seen the Milky way or the night sky. Oh yeah. You know, they live in these big Hmm. cities um, and they never leave the Mm -hmm. city. So like, they don't even know what the experience is like to be in these Mm -hmm. places and, and so um, I think that is one positive thing that photo workshops um, can do is, is educate a broader audience of people about the importance of preserving these places and, and making them, um, keeping them special. Yeah, I agree. And also just to, I think it's important to just kind of promote the idea of, or the concept of wilderness and what that means to be a part of it, um, kind of the, the wilderness ethics beyond just like, of course, you know, leave no trace and all that, but to be out in wilderness and, and enjoy it for what it is. And, uh, you know, an example of this is, um, a summer we were, uh, camping in, uh, below Crestone Needle, you know, in the South Colony Lakes. Mm-hmm. And that place is yeah. like super popular. And we were there over, um, I guess it was a Memorial day weekend and and it was so, or was it labor day? I always mix those up, but, uh, anyway, September, September, yeah. Labor day. Okay. okay. And, um, there must've been like 60 tents or something. It just, yeah, it was (laughs) insane. And, but what's crazy is that people, I think like in that case, people are there to climb the 14ers, you know, like they have this goal, they're just going to go and climb the 14er and they're, they're not really there for the wilderness. And, and there's a difference there, you know, it's like, so some people had their like little stereo speakers and they, Oh my God. Yeah. And just like some people were, yeah, like every little camp spot was full, right? So people were camping out on the tundra and building new new fire pits out, out on the open yes. in the tundra. And Assholes. it's just kind of like, do you really need a fire? I mean, is that a necessary part of, of uh, camping? 
it, right. Well, and you're not supposed to have fires in South Colony Lakes because people have ripped ripped all the freaking branches off of the trees up there because they're you're like right at tree mm-hmm. line, so most of those trees won't right. go back. Yeah. So it, yeah, or it'll take. I mean, we even time. saw a squirrel running by with toilet paper in his mouth. We're just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so that place, yeah. That so. Um, are you familiar with the Rocky Mountain Field Institute? Uh, no, not really. Mm-mm. Yeah. So they um, they're based out of Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit, and they do a lot of um, trail work, but also like um, like specific like one of the places they go every year mm-hmm. is South Colony Lakes, and and they go there to. Uh, destroy social trails to get oh, rid of yeah, them. Yeah. Um, to get rid of like, they get rid of like campsites. And they that like built out there. those trails to um, the to the um, to the peaks. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Did, yeah. The work they've done is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was actually on their on their board of directors oh, wow, cool. for two years. Um, yeah, but but um, but yeah, that that basin. Um, it's just crazy to me that. Um, there's a nonprofit out there that exists solely to clean up after people that are idiots. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I wish people would just they, kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but just to, to kind of, uh, just be out in the wilderness and not necessarily partying in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean i think you know like uh my my friends uh love me and hate me because like whenever whenever we go backpacking um and if it's inevitably we'll run into people like that that have their little portable speakers Mm and and like they're they come into your campsite and like they don't understand like you're there Mm -hmm. to get away from people and of course i'm like grumpy (laughs) and complaining about it the whole time and yeah but but, but, um, you know, I don't think those people are ever going to totally go away. So, you know, like one of the things Rocky Mountain Field Institute did, and I know um, Colorado 14ers Initiative also does this, is they do a lot of stewardship where they, you know, they, they actually like educate people. Mm-hmm. They have volunteers that will go up into those areas and just educate people on like the impact mm-hmm. they're having and, and stuff like that. I mean, other the only other way you could handle that, I feel like, is to have a permit system and to have like rangers patrolling those areas mm-hmm. and like writing people tickets when they do shit they're yeah. not supposed to. Which I don't yeah. want. But... I, yeah, I know. And permits too. It's it's kind of like kind of kills the whole wilderness experience from the start. If you're, especially when you have right, to like apply like... for a permit and not just fill one out at the trailhead, but. Um, yeah. that's kind of why I, I typically stay away from national parks. Cause it's, you have to jump through so many hoops just to go out into the so-called wild. <laughs> well, I think, I think we're getting closer and closer to, ha- to seeing more and more of that in Colorado, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, we've had a population mm-hmm. boom and, um, people that are coming here, um, are less, I don't know if they're less edu- educated is the right mm-hmm. word or if they're just, they don't have the f- appreciation of the wilderness that, that people that yeah. have lived here longer do. 
or what, but I mean, look at like Conundrum Hot Springs. They're going to have a permit system mm-hmm. next year because of all the people that went up there and like just left right. poop everywhere. And yeah, you know, like it's pe- people, people <laughs> suck. Well, you know, I think too, like the more you go out there, the more that you kind of naturally develop a more of a respect for the wilderness as well. And there, and yeah, there are these places that are kind of like the sacrificial lambs, like South Colony or Ice Lakes or whatever. That they're so popular that that uh, the vast majority of people go to those places, and which is great in a way because then you have all these other basins where no one's heard of and no one's there. So, in, in a way, it's almost right. better to have that yeah, kind I of mean, concentration. No, I agree. Uh, I mean. I I hate to say it on the podcast, but I I was in Sunlight Basin mm-hmm. this summer because mm-hmm. um, I climbed jagged, and uh, and I have like a really similar comp that you do, mm-hmm. except mine wasn't at sunrise, but um, uh, right there from uh, um, what is that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's point. a great perspective. But like that's an example of a place that like man that place is ridiculously mm-hmm. awesome and it's so freaking hard mm-hmm. to get to that. I don't think many people are going to No, go Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I still, th- I still like, uh, don't, I don't label almost any of my images from back in there. Uh, yeah. Well, I should probably, cause I, I feel like, you know, people email me a lot like, Oh, how do I get there? And, or can you send me a route and what's the mileage? And I, and I feel like if you have to ask, you shouldn't know because you need to, to yeah, just to go somewhere yeah. like that, you need to know how to read topo maps and um, how to travel off trail. And you have to have a certain amount of intuition about traveling off trail and all this stuff like that. So it's, I think it's kind of, it would be kind of reckless to be posting uh, route descriptions and things like that for, for places like that. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess I'm reckless. <laughs> Cause I mean, I do a lot of trip mm-hmm. reports for my mountain climbs and, um, so, and I usually post like my GPS route, but it's the people that are reading those are people yeah. that are into mountaineering. So it's, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really like that because I think that, part of the fun too is, is kind of exploring or the sense of exploration to, you know, like the first trip I did through those mountains, I had no idea if the passes even went right. So I'm, so I did like a seven day trip and I had no, every day was like this complete surprise. I had no idea if I'd be able to go or if I'd had to turn back or what I'd, what happened and what would happen. So, uh, after completing a trip like that, it's like, it's so fulfilling. And then you have a connection to the, to the place that you wouldn't have if you're just following someone's uh, GPS tracks or, or um, some kind of a route description. No, I agree. I agree. And, and um, on the same token though, I've, I've, I've found it super helpful for myself to have like GPS coordinates, um, Mm-hmm. from other mountain mountaineers that I know and respect, mm-hmm. especially for mountains like that, like jagged, where it's like, even if you're experienced and stuff like that, you can definitely get into a pretty gnarly situation if you're not 
fully yeah. prepared and, I, and yeah. I'm anal about my preparation. So yeah. as much information as I can get, the better. <laughs> there are, and there are places where you, you kind of do need a guide, uh, some kind of a route description, like uh, a good example is the Canyon lands where you can't really look at a topo of the canyons and figure out, yeah. right. <laughs> you could come up to like a hundred foot drop that, uh, that you can't see on the map, but, um, in the mountains, at least, at least in Colorado, it's pretty, pretty straightforward to just look at a map and kind of just blaze your way. Um, in most cases, I think. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely more doable than Canyonlands. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, uh, let me jump jump to another mm-hmm. topic. Sure. Um, so. Um, I might be doing this a little bit too early, but I'm sure we'll see. So, <laughs> um, so you've listened to a few of the podcasts and, mm-hmm. um, one of the questions that I ask is, um, you know, based on the, the name of the podcast, F-Stop, collaborate and listen, mm-hmm. what kind of, uh, what kind of advice do you have for, for other landscape photographers out there? Um, hmm. I would just say. I guess my main advice is to make sure that you're enjoying what what you're doing and not just kind of like, I don't know, trying to like hit all the icons or something. Well, maybe that's fun for some people. I don't know. But um, I, I, I sure hope it's fun because <laughs> there's a lot of people doing it. <laughs> no, I, I really do think, though, that, that you have to have a passion for being out there in the first place, regardless of the photos. So, um, if you're having a great time just being out there, then the photos are just kind of like the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? It's, if, I do. and if you just, if you go out there that you, and you want some particular photo and you get super bummed if you don't get it, which of course happens to everyone, but if that's the primary driving motivation, then, it's just not going to be fun after a while, I think. So um, I don't know how that relates to the title of the podcast, so I'm kind of like, uh, going on a tangent. <laughs> well, well uh, you're, you're saying something that people should listen to. Oh, yeah, that's right. So maybe, yeah, people, people <laughs> should stop and consider if they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> no, I think that's good advice, man, because uh, – um, I've, I've said this on a few, few of the other podcasts, but, um, I keep coming back to it cause people keep saying all these really insightful things. And it reminds me of realizations that I've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was a couple of years there where, where I was kind of trying to chase different scenes in Oregon when I lived there for a couple of years. And it was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't enjoyable at all. Like I was doing it for the wrong reason. And then of course, you know, living in the Pacific Northwest, the weather never cooperated with me. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I'd like, I remember the first year I lived there, I hiked, um, the, I'm trying to remember what meteor shower it was. It was probably, it was probably the, either the Perseids or I don't know. It was either Perseids or the Geminids. And I was, mm-hmm. I was wanting to go do, um, the meteor shower, but I wanted to do it, um, of course I couldn't just do it like outside of town. I had to do it like <laughs> from the top of a mountain <laughs> overlooking yeah. cool scene. So yeah, of course, <laughs> and of course it was like a seven mile hike or something. Uh-huh. And 
I got to the top and it was just completely covered in fog. Like you couldn't see anything. So I was like, well, that was a good hike. (laughs) You know, like, um, but stuff like that, like, yeah, you're right. You, if, if you don't enjoy being out there, um, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to do these kind of longer backpack trips because then you really have time to just kind of chill out and soak in the scenery um, as opposed to like day hikes where you're kind of just constantly moving. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I love with backpacking. There's so much downtime and where you can just kind of chill out and just really enjoy being out there. Right. And you're not necessarily totally focused on getting the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I did a backpacking trip uh, this summer with my wife, um, who for, um, I love that she's starting to get into backpacking with me. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And we went to, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Highland Mary Lakes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We went past there a little bit further to another lake. And um, mm-hmm. it was a sweet little base camp. And from there, I could climb mm-hmm. all these little like 12ers and then get, get these amazing views of the Grenadiers. <laughs> yeah 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 that area is super cool yeah so like that was fun because then i could you know like from camp i could hike like 30 minutes gain about a thousand feet mm-hmm. sh- shoot sunrise or sunset or or shoot the milky way or whatever and then and then come back down and go back to bed or whatever like yeah yeah it was cool yeah yeah that's that's cool and it wasn't just all about the, the photos it was about being out there in the wilderness and spending spending the time with my wife and, and just enjoying it, you know? Yeah. And, and that's another thing is we don't, I don't like to do these. I realized years back that I'm, I'm not really a through hiker either. So like doing these long, long, long trails, like the continental divide trail or whatever, yeah. where you're, where you're just kind of like hiking all day long. <laughs> and then you finally, after like 15, 20 miles, you get to your camp and you're just exhausted and, right. and then you just do it all over the next day. It's kind of, I like to do kind of half days or like half day of hiking and then and then you have all afternoon to hang out and enjoy a place. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. My my buddy did the Colorado Trail last summer. Mm-hmm. We went out and did a did a section with him and <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. like I was like, "Hey, let's let's like go over there and, and it was I think it was segment 21 or whatever like snow snow mesa. Mm-hmm. Yep. that area and um mm-hmm. and i wanted to go over and climb baldy cinco <laughs> real quick uh-huh. and i and he was like no nah, man let's stay on the trail like let's just keep going like let's keep moving and i was like man come on let's go check it out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like there was no downtime at all yeah well especially in colorado too and you 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 got to get moving in the morning because there might be um crazy thunderstorms in the afternoon <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. So, so um, I'm curious, um, uh, who who would you want to hear on the podcast? Um, I I'm re- I really dig uh, Flores Van Bruegel's f- photography. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, really cool. Very creative, and and I, I always like how he's he's a scientist, so he always has some interesting. Um, you know, uh, descriptions of his photos. Um, another guy is, um, uh, 
Dave Showalter. Have you? Do you know Dave Showalter? I I know he's, of Dave Showalter. Yeah. He's a wildlife and landscape photographer in Colorado, and um, he does a lot of conservation photography. Uh, where he's he's doing these big projects, like he he published a book about the um, the sage grouse, hmm. and uh, so he's got a lot to talk about um, as far as that kind of stuff goes. Nice, um, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, so that, those are two. Eric Stenson, we were talking about him. That he that'd be fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was telling him, I was like, man, like let's get you on the podcast, and he's like, no way, man. Like there's <laughs> Thousands of people out there that are better than me that you should have on the podcast. And I'm like, it's not about that. Come on, man. <laughs> so you should nudge him. He should be like, hey, get on, the, get on Matt's podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, he should. De- he should definitely come on. <laughs> yeah, he's so smart too. Like, um, really fun to talk to too. I don't know why he thinks he shouldn't be on the podcast. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember back in the days of like the Nature Photographers Network. Yeah, website. NPN. Yeah. And um, he was just starting out and like had some point and shoot camera or something. And then, and then just over the years, it's been incredible to watch his progression. And it, now he's just like a phenomenal photographer. Dude, I don't know if you know his backstory, but it is fascinating. I Well, I know some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was telling me when I met up with him, like he, you know, he was working in like, um, nonprofit work and stuff like that. And he finally just decided mm-hmm. he was done. And mm-hmm. he, he went to Estes park. He had like $10 and like, <laughs> no, no, nothing. And he was like, I'm going to become a landscape photographer. <laughs> like he yeah. just decided. Yeah, exactly. Was be. <laughs> it's like sheer, sheer willpower. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, he just, he just, he through perseverance, totally rocked it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's you know what's funny story. is that I was um, a few years back. I, uh, my wife and I were in um, Montenegro and Albania, and we did this. We did this hike over the mountains from Montenegro through Albania and then back into Montenegro. And this, this is like way out. You know, nobody's even has hardly even heard of those countries. And and um, and so after I posted the photo, Eric's like. Um, he lived in that valley, in the little mountain valley in oh, in, uh, oh, wow. in Albania. That's where he was doing a lot of his uh, his work, and uh, and it's it's just so funny. Like, what a small world, you know? Oh, it's it's a giant world, but it is like yeah, like stuff like that. And you're like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, awesome, dude. So, man, it's like I feel like I could talk to you for like two hundred years about photographing all these amazing places we've oh we've yeah seen here in colorado yeah. do you do you have a in terms of um just for my own guilty pleasure mm-hmm. uh um like what are what's one of your 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 favorite places in in colorado for a mountaineer to photograph uh well the, you know the Weminuch for sure well yeah That's like... obviously <laughs> So yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't want to get too specific, but yeah, like the, the, you know, the needle mountains is just phenomenal. As you know, like your shot from turret is just insane. Oh that, <laughs> yeah. I need to reprocess that now that I know how to use luminosity masks. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like that's what it's all about, right? Just when you're on a peak like that and you get catch a sunrise and oh, so cool. Yeah, um, what was it? Kane, uh, we were at we were in Hunts Mesa uh, with a bunch of really good photographers, and and Kane was um, telling telling us about he was he was talking to um, I, I don't think it was I don't think he was talking about you. He was talking about um, Todd Cottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and he was like he was asking like what what do you think the best view in Colorado is? And Todd Cottle is like turret top of turret, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Kane is like. And and Kane was like, and this this motherfucker right here, he's pointing to me. He's like, he's got he's got like the best top of turret shot. And I was like, no, come on, dude. <laughs> but that that experience was surreal because I didn't go to bed the night before. Mm-hmm. So I backpacked up there to to Ruby Basin, mm-hmm. and uh, my intent was to photograph the Perseids. Mm-hmm. So I photographed the Perseids from the saddle between Pigeon and Turret um, until like four in the morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) no sleep and then and then i climbed turret (laughs) and then shot sunrise from turret and then i went all the way back down and then all the way back around and did pigeon (laughs) and then and then all the way back around and back down to my campsite it was like i was like delirious by the end of that day it was (laughs) unreal (laughs) damn that's some serious motivation (laughs) oh i almost gave up uh, on the way up to Pigeon, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. But I did it. But man, uh, it was, that trip was awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Those kind of moments. That's, that's what I live for is those moments. Like seeing the sunrise from turret. Ridiculous. Yeah. And when you, yeah. when you, there's, when you find yourself in one of those situations where it's like just unbelievably amazing, it, there is this feeling of this surreal feeling of like, Am I daydreaming? Like you want to slap yourself? Like, am I awake? Am I awake? Is this really happening? <laughs> yeah, like, is this real? Like, like and then you, I... and then like, I've had times where I almost get scared that I'm gonna wake up and then be, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I've had sometimes I get these dreams where I'm like in some spectacular spot, and uh, and then usually in my dream I've like forgotten my camera or something, but. <laughs> but even if I did have my camera, then I wake up and I'm like, oh shoot, you know. It, Damn. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I lost no, I, that photo. <laughs> like, uh, and it's I don't know. So when you when you're in those situations and you actually do have your camera, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about you, but like I start panicking a little, like um like you're gonna screw it up. Yeah, like uh like like and I'll sometimes I will, like I'll forget to like switch my camera's focus <laughs> or or like yeah. Uh, I forgot to check my ISO or, you know, something. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you got to have the drill beforehand and you got to go through everything and make sure everything's just right because yeah, you don't want to screw it up and then, and then be kicking yourself later. Well, it's fun. It's funny though. Cause like, um, when I'm not, when I'm in other scenes that are amazing, but it's not like the culmination of a mountain climb and an amazing sunrise or sunset or something. Right. Like I can usually handle it, Mm -hmm. but it's like that unique combination of like this rare event Mm -hmm. that, that required like all of this effort to get there. Yeah. And and you're like, don't mess this up. Don't mess it up. Like, um, you know, my head just starts racing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, 
one time I, I uh, when I hiked up Knife Point for sunrise, um, I was up there and I like right around the dawn time, I uh, dropped my camera, <laughs> <laughs> and it it bounced off the rocks and like I saw glass, you know, and I'm like, oh no, you know, in the middle of a seven day trip on this peak in the for sunrise and I'm so I, I go down like my heart just dropped right so I I go I get my camera and you know I, I hardly I never use UV filters but for some reason on that trip I did and <laughs> and the glass that broke was the UV filter oh my god and uh and then but the ring was I couldn't unscrew it because the the side of the the screw mount got bent so so I just got a, a knife and just like really quickly just <laughs> just popped out all the glass from the UV filter. And uh, the viewfinder, the camera had popped out, so I jammed that back in. And um, <laughs> and it was it still worked. So I, I still was able to shoot sunrise. <laughs> and you were like, oh, dude, that's amazing. I, I know. I, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, I don't care about my camera. I just need the shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And plus I had like three days left to go on the trip. And I, you know, if I had a dead camera, that would have been kind of a bummer. <laughs> Dude, that's like my worst nightmare is, is, um, like I'm going on a trip to Iceland in March Uh huh. Oh, nice. and, and, and I'm shooting Sony. So, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about, um, white weather ceiling, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I'm like, should I rent like a second body? just in case you know like yeah yeah that's a tough uh, call it, it's you know it's it plus it sucks to carry around a second camera if chances are you're not going to use it but right well i'll use it i'll do time lapse or something oh yeah still like yeah still it's like that's like the worst nightmare for me is spend all that time and money to get somewhere and then your camera fail on you like oh yeah yeah, well, knock on wood, that hasn't happened to me yet, except for that. Clip. No, me neither. <laughs> I've been lucky. <laughs> yep. You know, I, for 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 a minute there, I shot some weddings and stuff like that, and I and I bought a second body just just for that reason. Like, mm-hmm. I had a like just just in case my other camera failed, I would not totally fuck up the can the wedding. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah, because uh, then it's not just your stuff. It's like the there's other people that. Are, uh, exactly yeah invested in that <laughs> yeah oh that's some scary shit dude yeah oh that's amazing well yeah uh i'm i'm definitely hoping to go back up into that basin maybe next summer and mm-hmm. and not worry about like climbing just just getting shots like it's it's mm-hmm. hard to do both it's hard to do both well yeah I yeah feel. i bet i'm not much of a climber i don't really um, I mean, I'll, I can scram- I'll scramble up stuff, but I don't, I don't really know how to eat, like rope work and all that. So, well, I'm not super good at it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, Kane, Kane was telling me a story where um, you and him were, were, I think it might have been like Marcelina or, or something in the West Elks. Yeah, yeah, that's the first time I met Kane was we hiked up Marcelina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he said like you guys were heading up, and then you got to a spot, and and he was like are you coming? And you're like, no, this is, this is where I want to be right here. <laughs> and it was like, you know, a few hundred feet from the top or something. And, and he, and that's when he kind of read the realization, like, Oh yeah. Like getting to the top isn't like <laughs> the only reason to be up here. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember that trip. Uh, <laughs> the next day, I went up the, the mountain again to take another shot. Um, with I was actually <laughs> shooting um, large format back then, like four by five. Oh wow! And uh, so I went up again, and then it was a. I'll try to make this story short, but it was a moonless night, like a new moon, and um, and I got I got lost, like. I was coming down. Oh shit! I know, and this this mountain has these big shoots. So if you go down the wrong shoot, you end up cliffed out. So yep. I was going halfway down, and I'm like, oh, I don't I don't recognize this. So I, I I actually hiked back up to the last point where I knew where I was, and then I I I flipped through my my um I had a little digital camera and I also and I was I flipped through and and I was like. I had taken a, on the way up, I had taken a picture looking back down and I, there was a tree in the picture and I'm like, with my headlamp, I'm like matching the tree <laughs> to the, to the picture I took. I'm like, oh, okay, that was the right route. So, <laughs> so then I went down and I, you have to like bushwhack through this Aspen forest. And, and, uh, I basically, um, long story short, I, I was like two hours of thrashing through this forest in the dark to get to, to get back to the road <laughs> yeah man oh uh, shit i've had that's that's half the fun right like <laughs> especially when you're doing it in the dark <laughs> i know yeah and then i like i knew if i went too far left i'd be completely screwed so i went too far right instead and, yeah. and I, I ended up hiking like two extra miles uh down the road and then had to hike back the road to two <laughs> more miles <laughs> yeah dude that uh, I've had a few, I've had a few of those before, especially like, uh, obscure 13 ers like no trail, just mm-hmm. bushwhacking down. Like, Oh, I missed, missed my turn off a little bit there. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing too, where if you, the more you go, the more you can, can be kind of comfortable in those situations. Oh, for sure. Most people would be like freaking out kind of a like hug a tree time. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the first time I climbed uh, Crestone Needle and Crestone Peak, mm-hmm. I did it with a guy who hadn't—he didn't have a lot of experience at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he did—he did get a lot of experience later, but when I first met him, he wasn't that experienced. And and um, I remember on the way up, we did it from the the west side from Crestone, so there, it wasn't a very good trail. Oh right, yeah, yeah, and um, and he was like, if he didn't see a cairn. And the trail wasn't obvious. He was like, we have to stop and look at the GPS and the map. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, like, it's that way. Like, just keep going that way. We'll get, we'll find it. It's uh-huh. not a big deal. Like, we're not going to get cliffed out. Yeah. But it's funny. If yeah. the more you get out there and do it, the more you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. Well, and that's kind of what I meant too when I mentioned earlier about um, intuition is that the, you kind of gain this intuition of even if you, because there are situations where you can't where a map isn't useful and oh for sure and you just kind of have to it'd be hard to explain how you come to these decisions but you just have it's like an intuition of basically which way to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah well shit man it's been awesome talking with you man i really appreciate this it's been really fun yeah it has thanks for having me on yeah absolutely uh if you're ever in durango we'll have to hook up and Next time I'm in your neck of the woods, I'll definitely see if, if you'll be around. Yeah, that'd be fun, definitely.